0: You were on, I was on before. How am I now? Ah! Hurry up. Hurry up. Good. I hate being stuck, so I can't walk around. So, that's who I am. That's who I am. And if that's who I am, that's who you are because we are one. We are exactly the same. And I titled my sermon this morning, Who Do You Think You Are? Because how many times did you hear that in childhood? Anybody? Who do you think you are? And it was meant often as, you know, who do you think you are showing off? Who do you think you are being arrogant? It was an accusation that you were somehow being arrogant because you stood up. Or you laid claim to something that was yours. Or you showed your gifts in a big way. Or you challenged a norm. Who do you think you are? This is the way we do it. Who do you think you are? You can't do it that way. There is a um, quote by Ronald May. He said, the opposite of courage is not cowardice. The opposite of courage is conformity. Ooh. Ooh, I know. Got me too when I read it. Ooh. So, what if you took all the idea of an accusation of being arrogant out of this question and asked yourself, who do you think you are? If you're a good, true student, if you've been and you thought, then what you know is, I'm a child of God. I'm one with the one love that is. I am powerful beyond measure through Christ who strengthens me is the way the Apostle Paul would have said it. I am one with all is the way the Buddha said it. There's no difference between me and all of the energy that is. I'm one with that. An ocean and a tiny drop. Now here's the thing. We are an ocean and a tiny drop. Everything that is ocean is in a drop, no matter how small it is. But we would never call a drop the whole ocean, right? So everything we are is made of God. As individuations of that, we cannot claim being the whole of God. But as part of everything, we are the whole of God. Together, we are the whole of God. And that's the right answer. If you're a good, true student, that's the right answer. Thank you. And it is true, but I didn't ask who you are. I asked, who do you think you are?
1: Because we can profess
0: a belief, but unless it's really at our core, unless we have absorbed it, unless we are coming from there in our authenticity, then I will tell you the world will meet you as who you think you are. Not as who you are. Does that make sense? I'm the thinker who thinks the thought. That didn't mean you made it rain. (laughs) But what it means is, I mean, here's the thing. Have you ever gone home to family? And you think to yourself, I've grown so much. (laughs) I'm such a different person than I used to be. I don't even believe any of that stuff anymore. I am strong. I am. And then you get around your family and suddenly you find yourself acting like an infant again. Because everybody in the room thinks you're who you were when you were 12. (laughs) Because you haven't been around them, you know? You have to know it that strongly to be who you are even if everybody in the room thinks you're 12. That's the only way to let anybody know that you're not 12 anymore, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. So here's the thing. Our stories, our stories, the stories we tell ourselves can be our very best friend, or they can be our worst enemy. So when I ask who do you think you are, I'm going to ask you, what story are you telling yourself? Are you telling yourself, oh, I'm mediocre? I'm a failure. I'm ugly. I'm not that important. I don't really deserve a lot. If that is your core belief under your affirmation that you're just great, then you will meet the world that way and the world will meet you that way. So it's very important to spend some time. And y'all, this isn't something that can happen on Sunday morning. You can get an idea on Sunday morning. But then you have to go home and do something yourself, what are the stories I tell myself? What are the stories I tell myself? For years I told myself the story, I am fat and ugly and no one wants to look at me or be with me. And guess what? I married someone who absolutely agreed with that. (laughs) The first time, not this one. And you know, that's really all the explanation I need for that marriage. Is that I married somebody who absolutely agreed with me about what we both thought I was deserving of and worthy of. But when I left that marriage, and I had to determine who I actually am. I had to start telling myself a different story. I had to tell myself the story that I am worthy the story that I have many, many, many gifts and that people want to be around me because I am giving and loving and I have so much to share. Now, I've been slowly writing that story for the last 32 years, (laughs) basically. And it's funny that E.E. Cummings quote where he says, we don't believe in ourselves until someone reveals something deep inside us. That proves to us that we're worthy. For me, um, I think it was my daughter. I stayed in a marriage that wasn't good for me, but I had this baby who looked at me as if I were everything. And for that period of time, I was everything. I was everything. And I had to protect her from growing up with that story in her head. And that enabled me to understand that was that my, not my story. If this is the story, if this is not her story, then it's by the all not my story either. And I moved on. That's just one example. That's just one example. But I'll tell you, I met somebody who thinks I'm beautiful and wonderful. He doesn't think I'm perfect because he knows me. <laughs> but he thinks I'm beautiful and wonderful. And here's what I did. I think I've shared this before. When I first started dating Bob, I was so unused to having somebody say, You're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. That it freaked me out. (laughs) And I was afraid I would fall in love with him just because of those words, whether he had anything else to give or not. And so I would write in my journal, He says you're beautiful because you are, not because he's special. Think about that for a moment. It's not that I had never heard the words, you are beautiful, before, but I always assumed that that meant the person saying it was able to see something deep in me that I wasn't showing on the outside. So I had to understand, and it took work, y'all. I I didn't wake up one day and go, I'm special, I'm worthy, I'm wonderful, and life just responded to me like that. It took a lot of work. It takes work to retell your story, to find the story that is not serving you. And to tell a different story, a story that will serve you, a story that will bring you to the places in the world and the people in the world, and bring them to you, who will then confirm that, yeah, your story, yeah, I get it. Yeah, you're beautiful. You're smart. You're smart. You're good. I like being around you. It's interesting how we... I can look, I mean, I, this has been sort of a lifelong study. I think about how I carried myself for so long. I was told I was too tall, I was too big. No one wanted to date me because they were all shorter than me. And I kind of, you can see pictures of me back then. I always had my shoulders down like this, which is not a flattering way to present yourself. So we have to change our stories. We have to change our stories. Our stories can be dangerous. So our stories are not about what happened to us, okay? That is part of your story. But the story you get to tell is the story of what you did about what happened to you, of who you are since that happened to you, of what you decided to do about what happened to you. So our stories become rather than the child of I've going, stories become, I survived a difficult childhood and thrived. I overcame. Right? I explored, I discovered, I challenged the things that happened to me and create a different story. Actually, that's a really fun thing to do, y'all, to take the story and rewrite the ending. Right? It's not about what happened to you. It is not about what you accomplish. Um, I, I, mean, I hate to tell you this because I know you're going to be really disappointed. Life is not a pass-fail class. Uh, <laughs> oh, I've got a passing grade. I'm doing okay. Oh, I failed. It's That's not what it is. It's discovery and exploration and challenge. And each failure leads us to a new discovery about what our gifts are, about who our friends are, about the stories we're telling ourselves and whether or not they're serving us. It gets to be exciting, actually, when you look at it that way. And here's the other thing that we are not. We are not someone standing on the ladder, trying to look down at who is below us and look up at who is above us and judge ourselves from that platform. There is no below. There is no above. We are all here together. We are all one. And when you stop comparison, the Buddhists say comparisons are odious. Comparisons are odious. I mean, and that's a word. Odious. It's quite a word. So know what is better. When you stop using the words better, worse, less, more, and start just showing up as you are and appreciating what that does for you, How you feel. Another thing that E.E. Cummings said is, whenever you think or believe or you know, might be a lot of other people, but the moment you feel, you're nobody but yourself. You're nobody but yourself. And being yourself is the goal. Authenticity. So you're not a person on a ladder. You don't have to judge better, worse, less, more. What you do have to do is recognize what your gifts are. All of them, we tend to think of gifts as somebody who can paint a beautiful picture or sing a beautiful song or write a novel. Gifts are ever so much more than that. There are those of you who have a gift of remembering people and the important gifts in their life and important events in their lives. There are those of you who have a gift for lifting someone up with a smile or a word or a hand. There are those of you who are almost professional encouragers. And if you're not an encourager, then look at that story. What story are you telling yourself that's keeping you from being that? And we all have those gifts to greater and lesser degrees, but we all have gifts. The place where I have a greater gift You might have a lesser gift, but I promise you, there's something you're doing that I just don't have an iota of talent for. (laughs) So we all come together and we make this glorious one because of all of our different gifts, and every single gift is an aspect of God. Your care, your memory, your love, your beauty, your joy, your feistiness, I saw some people look at their partner. <laughs> Your feistiness, I have to tell a story. One of my best friends, I've known her since she was 18 years old and I was like 26 at the time. We are not 18 26 anymore. So we've known each other a really long time. And she shared with me on the phone the other day, you know I was talking to my therapist and I realized something I just never really realized about myself is that I'm kind of feisty. And I, I, she says I laughed for seven minutes. She says she timed it. <laughs> this is a revelation to you. Like, really? You just found this out. Your therapist had to tell We all have gifts, and it depends on how we use them. It depends on how we use them. You know, if you use your gift of encouragement to get somebody to come snort some more cocaine with you, then that's not a good use of your gift. If you use your gift of encouragement to celebrate someone's recovery, it's a beautiful use of your gift. You get to decide. That's the beauty. That's the beauty. All these songs about who I am are also about choice. They're about choice. You are who you are, but your choices determine who you think you are and how you react to the world. And being your authentic self, which means not taking a poll of who's in the room and trying to decide what the most need from you the most and going to be that, which I can tell you from firsthand experience is a very confusing and exhausting and complicated way to live. (laughs) Or you can decide who you are And decide that no matter what you see or hear out here, you're going to take each step as who I am. Take it or leave it. Let the tips fall. For better or for worse. This is who I am. And you know what? People are attracted to that. People see that in you. People see you claiming who you are. And they have a desire to claim the truth of them as well. And so once again, as I talk about a lot, teaching others is not about saying, lesson number 21. It's about living your life in such a way that people are brought to beauty, that they are made to think and wonder. They might even ask. But it's about living your life an example of that, not about trying to get other people to do it. Do you know how many people reached nirvana that Buddha taught of all the thousands? I don't know. Maybe none. It didn't matter to him. He was there to say, this is possible. And I know because I've been there. And he simply, I mean, he did teach, but he mostly just showed his example. Jesus His, he tried to teach, but the disciples were just, were, were us, were just like thick-headed. They couldn't get it into their heads and he would say over and over again, ah. and I think he must have come to a point in his life where he realized the only real way I can teach anything is just to be who I am. Regardless, let the chips fall where they may. I'm going to tell you another story about my daughter. She's sitting right here, so she can yell at me later. When she started online dating a few years ago, she told me, and I just loved this, I was like, how clever, she put the worst picture of herself up there that she could find, and she listed all her faults, first and foremost.
1: She said, they're going to find out sooner or later, they might
0: as well know up front. Now, you might think that she didn't date anybody, but she did, but she did. She did. I love that. I love that about her. I love that I'm I'm sorry. I'm who I am and I just don't have the time or energy to be who you want me to be. This is who I am. This is who I am. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Authenticity. So here, your assignment for this week is to spend a little time thinking about who you think you are. Because once you know who you are, once you've feel into who you are, then you will know where to put your focus and your energy and your attention. You will know what is yours to do in the world. You know who you are and then you be it. And then you get all the richness of life that is yours. If you are not fully yourself, you are missing some of the richness of this life. And I don't want you to miss it. Let's go and be who we are. Thank you. Yeah. So we're going to just take that idea into a short meditation. I stay short on this trap of time. I never know if they're going to be short or not. So simply just breathe in and be. Try to be anybody but who you are. Yeah, that's me standing on this platform, sitting in the seat. And then put your attention towards simply feeling the calmness of your own body as you sit. may mean that you slow and deepen your breaths so a little bit. Pay a little more attention to that automatic function. And if you're distracted by anything that hurts, physically or mentally, instead of trying to avoid it, welcome it in. Heavy worry. So we breathe into it. And with your inner voice, say, I love you. Don't have to change you. You're part of the. There's an opportunity to explore. to that story that's not serving me. We ask the why not so we can blame Mm -hmm. ourselves or Seeing the world to see how we see the world. And to make a different choice at any time that we wish. And by the way, making a different choice doesn't make you yeah. the truth of who we are. Which is